This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today with our Reds reporter, Mark Sheldon, on this Monday, September 19th. Mark, thanks as always for the time. And Mark, the Reds have been as a roller coaster as you can be lately. A five-game winning streak was immediately followed by losing four straight. The Reds getting back in the win column Sunday, defeating the Pirates uh, 7-4 to salvage the finale of that series. And uh, as of this chat, Mark, despite the recent struggles, the Reds are still, rather surprisingly, Two games over 500 in the second half at 31 and 29. And even though in the in the big scheme of things, it's largely inconsequential, how important is it for this team to finish above 500 in the second half to have something to kind of hang their hat on going into the 2017 season? Well, I think there's a couple of things at play. I think, uh, number one, they would really like to catch the Brewers and finish in fourth place if that's uh, – if that means anything and not much in the, in the grand scheme of things, but I think getting out of last place would just be something they, they like to say that they weren't a last place team. I think specifically for manager Brian Price, having a, an above 500 record might help his cause. Uh, he's at the end of a three-year contract. There's been no endorsement. There's been no uh, tipping of the hand of what his fate is going to be like, uh, whether he's going to get a, a chance to come back next season. But you, you can certainly say finishing above 500 after the All-Star break doesn't hurt his chances. So I think that's, for them, it's, uh, for, for him specifically, that's something he wants to do. He wants to finish above 500. And it's all about chasing the wins. I think we talked last week. They don't really care a whole lot about playing spoiler here in these last uh, stretch of 13 games. But I think they really do want to chase as many wins as they can and, and go out on a good note. There's a few guys having some nice second halves, and I think that's, that's been the, uh, the ultimate focus. Yeah, speaking of nice second halves, and that's the ultimate understatement when it comes to uh, Joey Votto. Uh, I mean, the second half he's putting together right now, Mark, is just off the charts. And I feel a little bit sorry for him, if only because I don't think he's getting the attention for what he's doing post-All-Star break as a player should. And I think that the team's struggles, uh, by and large, have a lot to do with that. But I had a little bit of fun on baseball reference, and uh, right now, His OPS in the second half uh, is 1.147. That's the highest second-half OPS since somebody put up a 1.152 last year, and that's somebody, Mark, as you probably already know, none other than Mr. Joey Votto. He's done it two years in a row, which is mind-boggling. And, again, do you find it a little uh, sad, I guess, that his second half is not getting the attention of, say, Jake Arrieta's second half last year when he was the talk of baseball because, again, of how much the Reds have struggled in 2016? I don't feel sorry for him in the sense because he's a, he's a grown man and he can accept uh, these things. But I do think it's it's a shame in some ways that he's having a, these two great second halves and uh, and it's gone largely unnoticed. It, it, it's amazing with last year, as 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 bad as the Reds were, he still finished third in the MVP race as, as a result of that. And going into this year, I, I haven't heard anything about him being in the top three of the MVP race. I mean, I have a ballot myself and I have to think about that very strongly about who I'm going to put on that ballot. 
Uh, and it's, it's funny because Votto is having a great year. He's been not just in the second half. He's really done this since June 1st. He was hitting 213 and has now raised his average up to 319, which is really remarkable. He's almost 100 points, and he's right where he, you know, where he generally finishes at the end of a season. So it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if anyone ever notices. And I think next season, if he's able to put together a year like this for an entire year, uh, then he might get a little bit more notice. But Joey's just a quiet guy. He does not spend a lot of time uh, seeking attention. He does not do a whole lot of extra media stuff. He's not a, a me, me, me guy. He does his thing. He goes home. And it's uh, in some ways refreshing because, you know, in this day and age, it seems like the guys that do all the, uh, you know, the social media and go look at me stuff get the most attention. And he's a guy that doesn't really do any of that. And, doesn't get much attention, but he does deserve some recognition. He's had a great year, and uh, maybe down the road he will get his due. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. And like I said, when I was looking up those numbers, uh, you know, for the second half, and I came across, you know, well, I kind of thought to myself, well, who's the last guy that had a second half like this? And I see 2015, Votto, comma, Joey, and I just uh, blew my mind that he's done this two years in a row. He's been basically baseball's best player statistically in the second half for uh, two straight years. And, Mark, you mentioned, you know, the whole MVP. It's a debate every single year. It's never going to go away. What does MVP really mean? It's, you know, the literal interpretation is a guy who is the most valuable to his team's success, and I understand that at the same time that, you know, you've got a guy like Joey Votto who his numbers are superior to anybody else's, but he's not contributing to a team's success per se because the team has not been successful. So, in my mind, I kind of look at it as, well, there should be an MVP and an MOP, I guess, the MOP, most outstanding player. Is that kind of how you look at it where, you know, these are two very distinct things or do you lump everything into one category as the MVP and vote on it as it's been voted on? It's, it's a debate every year. It's a great debate, but you got to get a little sick about hearing about it too. Well, this will be my first time ever voting. Uh, now that we're new members of the BBWA, I get a, an NL MVP vote. So this is things are going to be weighing for the first time in a serious level. I've, I've always kind of thought about it on a more abstract level. Uh, the one thing I look at with Votto, and I do believe it's, it should all be in one lump group, I believe. I don't, I don't think you can differentiate teams from you know, losing records and, and players from losing teams, et cetera. I, I definitely think if you have the best year and your team is, uh, you know, 98 losses, but you've had an incredible year, you deserve the same consideration uh, for the most part. Uh, but when I look at Votto's uh, case, the one thing that does take away from his uh, potential MVP consideration is if you look at his uh, total body of work, he has had a horrible year defensively. He's, he's got one of the worst defensive wars in baseball for his position. He's definitely got the worst defensive war on the Reds this season, which is, you know, shocking for a former gold glove winner. He's someone that took a lot of pride in his defense for several years, and it seems like it's really just deteriorated this season. He hasn't run the bases very well this season. He's gotten thrown out a lot on the bases. So there's some other things that are detracting from him potentially winning an MVP award or even getting a lot of, you know, lower, uh, what do they call it, lower ballot votes. But uh, we'll see. He's, you know, his first is offensive. There's no, there's no uh, dis- disputing that he's had a great season, especially a great last three quarters of the season uh is it enough for him to overtake guys like chris bryan or nolan arenado or uh, you know daniel murphy I, I don't think so yeah it's it's going to be tough and you brought up a great point about uh you know the defensive uh, deterioration for a guy that as you said a former gold glover it's really shocking to see and we've seen i think uh you know 
a lot more emphasis placed on defense uh, the past, you know, five, even ten years when voting on awards such as this, and that's certainly going to hurt his cause. But, again, offensively, nobody could touch him in the second half. The OPS, as I said again, as of this chat, 1.147. It'll be very interesting to see uh, where he winds up in that MVP race, that MVP discussion in the offseason for sure. And, uh, Mark, the, the another sad part about Votto is if – he were able to face the Reds pitching staff, the numbers might be even better because, as we all know, uh, the Reds pitching staff is uh, just two homers away from tying the all-time uh, single-season Major League record currently held by the abysmal 1996 Tigers at 241. The Reds have given up uh, 239, and I'm, I'm trying to desperately find some sort of a silver lining uh, as there's really no question at this point that the Reds are going to set this record. I guess, you know, has has the pace tapered off a little bit uh, in the second half because the bullpen has been been better. I know they do, they do have the bullpen record uh, for homers given up, but is there is there anything here that we can look at and say, well, yes, they're going to set the record. It's not good, but it could have been worse. I don't think there's any silver lining for the Reds. The, the one silver lining, I think, is maybe uh, former 1996 Detroit Tiger and current broadcaster C.J. Nikowski can uh, – have a little glass of wine and, and, and tip, <laughs> toast himself and say, you know what, the record's no longer on my shoulders, my teammates' shoulders. It now belongs to Cincinnati. And uh, I'm sure uh, – I, I remember he, he – I tweeted with him a little bit about this, and so I, I'm sure it'll be a nice thing for to get, you know, get that off their, uh, their ledger. But uh, as far as the Reds, they have uh, definitely shown a, a pitching improvement. I mean, you, you can't discard the whole body of work. you got to look at the first half, and it was abysmal. And the home runs were – an astounding rate. They were at one point trending uh, to hit over 300, you know, allow over 300 home runs. And they've certainly, that's tapered back a little bit. They're not going to uh, completely obliterate the record. They are going to break it pretty handily, but they're not going to, you know, clobber it. And I think it's been better in the second half. Guys like DiSclafani have been better. Uh, the bullpen's been better. Uh, on the other hand, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Finnegan has been susceptible to home run ball. He, he leads the league in home runs allowed. I believe Dan Straley is second. In home runs allowed, um, I think it's, it's different situations. I think Finnegan's made a lot of mistakes that have allowed home runs. I think Straley's a situation where he's not afraid to throw in the strike zone and give up a home run, especially if it's a solo shot, uh, if it's for the greater good. And he's he's done pretty well, you know, limiting himself to not getting, uh, you know, things like walks, and that's where Finnegan gets in trouble. So I, I think if there's some things to be, you know, pleased about with the pitching. They learned, they grew going into next season. Perhaps this won't happen again. Yeah, that'd be nice. And uh, speaking of CJ, had the pleasure of working with him for a couple of years here in our neck of the woods, uh, neck of the woods in New York at MLB.com. A great guy, and I'm sure that, like you said, he's gonna he's gonna raise a glass when that when that record does fall. It will no longer be on his shoulders. Uh, that's something I'm sure that he is looking forward to. Uh, Mark, to wrap up, you brought up Dan Straley, and lo and behold. He is no longer hitless as a big leaguer. Congrats to him. He snapped the 0 for 48 drought on Sunday with the clean ground ball single into right field. And you've had some ongoing discussions with Mr. Straley throughout the year. And I know that, you know, he would kind of joke about it at times. It it did kind of bother him too, but I would think that this is a huge sigh of relief for him that uh, he can now proudly say he is one for 49. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's been times I've seen him with a bat in his hand and, and me or another writer will say, hey, going to work on your craft. And he joked that, you know, he has as many major league hits as the writers do, things like that. And it, it, it was certainly something that, yeah, it, it was kind of funny. But then at the same time, he'd see a pitcher like Tim Adelman, who 
was a rookie and, and, and would get a hit. And, you know, he got like two hits in, in his, I think, a couple starts ago. He got another hit and in another start before that. So he's uh, watching guys that with less service time get hits. Homer Bailey came off the disabled list and got a hit in his first game of this season. So it, it's been kind of an ongoing gag. Hey, when's, when's it going to happen for Straley? And I know he's wanted it for a while, and, and I'm sure he was uh, pretty thrilled. I wasn't at the game yesterday, but I did see the video, and the players and the teammates were certainly aware of his offer. And uh, yeah, so I know you know pitchers that they don't they don't get paid to hit, but they're they they are proud like anyone else, and they want to they want to get you know get the credit and get the hits, and they they take the batting practice and all that stuff. So finally, it's he's got one hit, maybe he'll get two before the season's over. Hey, crazier things have happened, right? And uh, I love that uh, he kind of poked fun at himself uh, even after the hit. I believe he sent a tweet that said, you know, point oh two one never looked so good, and uh, yeah. boy, is that true. To go from triple zeros to the 0-2-1, uh, it's, it was a good day for Dan Straley. He gets the win, gets his first big league hits, and uh, all good things for Straley and the Reds on Sunday. Mark, that's a good place to wrap this one up. We'll do it again at this time next week. That's our Reds reporter, Mark Sheldon, joining us here on this Monday. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.